Hello, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us once again for During Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts. Well, let's get into it with a prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us this guidance and the ability and the platform to be able to talk to people and to share your word with them. And maybe it will bless somebody today. If it does, Lord, bless them hearty. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Give us this word. Give us the Holy Spirit to help us, guide us, and to teach us, and to help us get this message out to the ones that need it. In your blessed holy name we beg. Amen. Jacob's Ladder. Well, this is Jacob's dream in Israel's future. Is it acceptable to doubt a divine promise? If God made a promise to you, certainly we'd expect him to keep it. Then why did Jacob vow to worship God only if and when he fulfilled his promise to return him to the promised land? Why did Jacob make a vow at all? Neither Abraham or Isaac made any sort of conditional vows after receiving their divine promise. But Jacob's was different. God appeared to Abraham and Isaac several times. We saw how a distinct aspect of the selection process unfolded with each appearance. Now we find that God's first appearance was a revelation to Jacob. Even though God's promise in this revelation echoed the earlier promises to Abraham and Isaac, Jacob's reaction was drastically different from his predecessors. He made a vow. To understand why, we must first consider Jacob's predicament before God appeared to him at Bethel. Remember that the process of selection was not very clear in the beginning. Even Abraham and Isaac themselves were not quite exactly sure when or how this selection process would end. With Esau and Jacob, it became clear that the process would continue for a few generations at least. Either Jacob or Esau would have been chosen, but not both. Therefore, after the incident of the blessing, <laughs> Isaac blessed Isaac blessed Jacob with the blessing of Abraham, the seed in the land, that God should select him as the chosen son. Despite this father's blessing, Jacob had many doubts on whether he was indeed the chosen one. Why? First of all, only the days before, his father had planned on giving the primary blessing to his older brother Esau. Secondly, Jacob's parents had sent him away to flee from Esau and look for a wife. If Jacob was truly the chosen son, it should have been forbidden for him to leave Canaan, just as his father Isaac had been prohibited to leave during the famine and go down to Egypt. See, when Isaac was getting married, Eliezer traveled to Pandan Aram to bring Rebekah back, while he himself, Isaac, was not allowed to go. Finally, when Isaac's brothers were rejected from the selection process, they were sent away to the east. Now Jacob, the chosen one himself, was being sent away to the east, while Esau remained in Canaan. Although his father had blessed him and his mother had promised that she would send for him later, Jacob was still unsure of his future. After all, Isaac had only been blessed of him that God should choose him over his brother. And God the Almighty bless you and grant you the blessings of Abraham from Genesis 28, 3 and 4. It is up to God alone to make the final decision. 
It is easy to see why Jacob needed some divine reassurance before embarking on his journey to Pandam Aram. Now we can better understand both the nature of God's opening appearance to Jacob at Bethel and Jacob's immediate reaction. As Jacob prepared to leave the land of Canaan, he was hoping for a confirmation from God that he was indeed the chosen child and which he promptly received. I am God, the Elam of Abraham and Isaac, the land upon which you lay, I have given unto you and your offspring, your seed, through which you, all nations of the earth, shall be blessed. Remember the key words here, land and sea. These are typical of God's earlier selection blessings to Abraham and Isaac, thus confirming to Jacob his selection or election with the additional promise. And behold, I will be with you, and I will protect you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. This extra promise was very important to Jacob in his unusual situation. God addressed his fears by assuring him that even though he had to leave the land of Canaan, God would remain with him, take care of him, and ultimately bring him back because he indeed was the chosen son. This is Jacob's reaction. Jacob's immediate reaction to God's appearance was his realization of the unique, sacred quality of this site. This place is none other than the house of Elam, and this is the gate of heaven. Upon awakening from his vision from God's promise, Jacob made a promise or a vow of his own. If this site was indeed the gate of heaven, then upon his return, he will make a house of Elam, Bethel, which is in Hebrew. From that point on, everything Jacob did related to the sudden awareness of the unique spiritual quality of the spot of which he has slept. Immediately upon awakening, he set up a marker to remind him later of the precise location of this site. Jacob woke up early in the morning and took the stone that was under his head and set it up as a monument, and he poured oil on it. At the end of his vow, Jacob promised that this stone would become the cornerstone of the house of Elam. He therefore poured oil on it as a type of a dedication ceremony. Jacob made a vow to establish the place of worship at this very site upon his return. However, before making this promise, he, made, he first established some conditions that had to be met before his vow would be valid. If God be with me. Why did he make a conditional vow? Well, let's look at it. Part two of his vow. He said, a condition if, and then it was followed by a promise, a vow, then, and Jacob made a vow saying, if God remains with me and he protects me on my journey, which I embark, and gives me the bread to eat and clothes to wear, and... I return safely to my father's house, and then God will be my Elam, and then this stone, which I have set up as monument, will be the house of El, and from all that you give me, I will set aside a tenth. Jacob's intentions were clear. His conditional vow was not to reflect any doubt on God's promise. It rather reflects on his readiness to fulfill the divine purpose of his newly confirmed election instead of merely thanking God for the promise 
Jacob expressed his own commitment to the relationship. Recognizing that he was indeed the chosen son, he volunteered to establish a house for God, a place where the divine purpose of his elect can be realized. The second part is uh, Jacob's dream, Israel's future, is Bethel in the temple. We're looking at the uh, second part of the revelation. And your seed shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread out to the west, east, north, and south. And through you all nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis 28:14. The first two phrases, the dust of the earth and east, west, north, and south, have been mentioned only once before when God affirmed Abraham's election at Bethel after Lot's relocation into Sodom. And God said unto Abram, after Lot had departed from him, Rise your eyes and look out to the north, south, east, and west, for I will give you all the land which you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. And that's Genesis 13, 14 through 16. This affirmation also took place at Bethel. Bethel was the focal point of Abraham's journey from both Mesopotamia and Egypt. Twice Abraham built an altar at Bethel and called out God's name. It symbolizes the ultimate mission of God's special nation, to make God's name known to all mankind. Therefore, the reputation of these two key phrases in God's first revelation to Jacob emphasizes not only his election, but also his purpose. Similarly, the third phrase in the verse, and through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, is also a virtual quote from earlier blessings. This promise appeared in the opening of the revelation to Abraham and Isaac, and also now to Jacob. God repeated the same statement when he consulted with Abraham before destroying Sodom, as well as in the offering of Isaac's incident. The reason why God spoke the same word of promise to each of the fathers was to reflect the ultimate purpose for the special nation, that through Israel all nations of the world will be blessed. Through the leadership and guidance of Israel, every nation will have the opportunity to develop a proper relationship with God. Jacob's Realization When Jacob woke up, he was so struck with the unique and sacred quality of the spot where he had spent the night that he had to do something. And Jacob woke up early from his sleep and proclaimed, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of El, the gate of heaven. Obviously, the vision of the angels ascending and descending the ladder led Jacob to conclude that this site was the very gateway to heaven. What about it, this site that gave him the impression that this is going to be the house of Elam? Jacob first referred to the place of Bet Elam, and only afterwards as gates of heaven. The fact that he divided the comment into two distinct sections, that he reached two unrelated conclusions, Bethel and Bet Elam, Two common phrases, dust of the earth and eastward, told Jacob that actually standing in the same spot where Abraham had built an altar and called out to the name of God. Jacob knew that this place was Bet Elam, meaning that it had been designated for a very purpose of the worship of God 
and offer sacrifices and to proclaim God's name. This reminded Jacob that his grandfather Abraham experienced in Bethel two generations earlier. He was also reminded to follow his grandfather's example. Jacob should have built an altar and called out the name of God like his grandfather did. So why did he set up a stone as a pillar and make a vow instead? Could it be that Jacob was in a hurry, fleeing from his brother Esau? He was in no condition to call out the name of God. Besides, no one was around to listen, and Esau might be right behind him and see the smoke from the sacrifice and know where he's at. Unlike Abraham, whom the local population considered a prince of God in our midst, Jacob had yet to earn such a reputation in Canaan. Jacob knew that he could not build an altar as Abraham had done, but he hoped that one day he would return and fulfill the very same goal to worship God there. Therefore, he marked this spot with an erect pillar and anointed it with oil, thus designating it as the cornerstone of the future Bet Elam. He then promised that when he returned, he would establish the house of Elam at this site and build an altar and call out the name of God. Jacob's vow reflected not only his understanding of the purpose of his election, but also the hope of one day fulfilling that destiny. Abraham was chosen for a purpose, to establish a nation that would bring God's message to all mankind. A house of Elam, or a temple, would serve the primary vehicle for fulfilling this purpose. Jacob vowed that if and when God fulfilled his promise of the election, by returning him to the promised land, he will fulfill the purpose of that election by establishing the house of worship. This was the first biblical reference to the conception of a house for God. And though it's mentioned only once throughout the whole book of Genesis, this concept constitutes one of the most fundamental spiritual principles of the Torah, as it presupposed the possibility of man visiting the house as a means of improving his relationship with God. Jacob's description of the site of the both gates of heaven and house of Elam can help us understand the nature and the purpose of Bet HaHamah, the temple, and how it represents the potential heights in our relationship with God. The gate of heaven aspect of the temple symbolizes by angels ascending and descending from heaven suggesting the possibility of a vertical relationship, connecting points between heaven and earth, God and man. In contrast, the Bet Elam aspect, a house on earth where man can encounter God's Elam, implied the potential of a horizontal relationship. Here the temple serves as a center for the congregation. From this site, God's word, the recognition for his authority, would be spread to all mankind. This centrally as reflected by the unique phrase at Bet El, east, west, north, and south, which symbolizes this spread of God's word to all four corners of the earth. From God's perspective, to speak, Shekinah, which is his presence, descends to earth by the way of the gate of heaven, radiates through the Bible from his house to all mankind. From man's perspective, we gather to the house to serve God, and through the gate, we are able to climb the ladder of holiness, the always to heaven. Well, that's why uh, Jacob had the dream, and we'll talk more about that dream later. Uh, I'll do a Jacob's Ladder dream 
explanation, but I wanted to talk about how he made the vows and why he did the vows. He wanted reassurance, and how many times do we want reassurance as we go through our journey in life? And that's what Jacob did. And Jacob's still a great leader, and he still believed God. And uh, we'll get more into him later. All right, we'll close in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you have angels carrying our cares to you and bringing back the answers. We thank you that Jesus is at the top of the ladder, that he's standing in intercession for us and taking our cares to you. Because if it, we care about something, Jesus cares too. And bless your holy name, Lord, and we lift you up in honor to you. And amen. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Buzzsprout. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new market or a channel, may I suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world. And it's just so fun to have a talk show. Podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Within minutes of finishing each recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you.